stuck in my ways. I'm stuck in the house for most of the day. I'm chasing my dreams and running away. But I got a chance, I'm running my play. I want that none of y'all take it away. I'll never change, I'm stuck in my ways. All right, what is going on today? So, welcome to another episode of Hey Mark, where I, Mark, get to chat about you know, mental health and pushing past struggles and adversities in an open and authentic way. And so I kind of basically like to chat about the struggles that we face, whether that be in your personal life, your work life, entrepreneurship, or maybe in your mental or physical health. But at the end of the day, all I want to do is push vibes that are good and spread a little positivity. You know, I feel like the world needs a little bit more stuff like that. So if you're brand new to this content, that's the kind of stuff that you're going to hear. I'm basically going to chat with different people and hear different perspectives from different challenges or, you know, strategies to overcome them. And if you do really enjoy this stuff, all I ask is that you kind of refer it to a friend or, you know, maybe show someone that is going through a struggle or a tough time or just wants to get their life rolling in a better direction. So that's all I ask. And if you have heard this stuff before and you do kind of follow this journey, then thank you so much for supporting it. It really means the world to me. But let's jump into it. So today I got to chat with the Tyler Yorko a good, good buddy of mine, a really, really smart individual, and he's super motivating and inspiring. Not only does he coach baseball and personal train people, but he really just helps out with lifestyle habits and, you know, being comfortable and moving well and just feeling good. And so I really think that you guys can benefit from hearing this kind of stuff because I did. And he really helped me out with kind of showing me new perspectives. So you can see him on Instagram at yorko.performance and go and check him out. But without further ado, let's jump into this episode and listen to him speak because he's going to do it a lot better justice than I am. Thank you so much. All right, what's going on? We got Tyler Yorko, personal trainer here. He's repping Yorko Performance. Oh, tell us about yourself, man. I'll let you do the introduction. Tell us all your Instagram uh, and everything. Well, uh, basically, like my past, I, I played sports my whole life. I played college baseball, um, studied kinesiology. So like even when I was young, like, like 13, 14 year old, I was introduced to, to working out with my brother's baseball team, actually, who's three years older than me. Um, and from there, I just I really got into weightlifting and, and exercising in general, just training. Um, and I was, I was lucky cause I immediately saw a benefit from it in relation to my peers cause they, no one else was working out at that time. Uh, and then from there just continued to continued to work, continued to play baseball. Um, to be honest with you, I didn't, I didn't have a, a good crowd that I was with in high school. So I didn't, I didn't work very hard in high school. But I ended up as a college baseball player where I actually worked hard, um, graduated with kinesiology, uh, and then started my own business pretty much right out of college. I, I had one year at Steve Nash, and then as soon as I graduated, I was out of there, started my own business. And, uh, and now, basically, I've been disrupted big time. Uh, so <laughs> I was in a really good spot with my business, and then I got home from a trip 
to Arizona with, uh, I'm coaching baseball at Douglas College now. So we were down there, got back and got quarantined and then everything kind of got shut down. So uh, I, I know one of the big things you wanted to talk to me about was just like the, the effect that's had and everything. But right now it, it's, a, it's a big pivot time for me. Like I've got to stop my, my normal business and completely change directions if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna survive this, really. How was business rolling up to this? Like what, what was going on before? Uh, well, I pretty much just do one-on-one -on -one personal training and leading up to it, I had taken on a couple new clients who were awesome. They were, they were committed, they were learning. And like the, the onboarding part is really the hardest part with a new client because you really want to, uh, you really want to get across your beliefs and, and understand the person and get to know them and see how you guys can work together. And like most people's schedules have certain restrictions, stuff like that. So really trying to figure out what the best plan is to work in person together and to get their work in outside of that. And it was, it was going really well. I had just picked up some clients, so I had a full schedule. I didn't, I wasn't going to be looking for any clients. I, I knew exactly what I was doing for the next few months, kind of mapped out programs, stuff like that, got way ahead of the game and then can't see anyone. So yeah, that was pretty much where I was at. Dang man. Yeah. And, and then you're coaching on the side doing all of that. Yeah. So basically my days before I went to Arizona were uh, I would get to the gym around, uh, let's see, my first client was at six. So I would get to the gym or six thirty. sorry. I would get to the gym around six ten, six fifteen. leave my house like five forty-five, And then I would train people until about noon or one o'clock and then go from there to coaching. I coach from two 30 to five and then get home around, around five 45, six, something like that. Uh, where I would either chill out or be able to do a little bit of work on the side, start getting programs together, stuff like that. But I pretty much caught up on that. So that was, <laughs> it was a little bit of a push for the last two weeks trying to get everything together which I did and then all for nothing. Cause those, those clients didn't get to follow their program cause they don't have gyms. Yeah. They got thrown a little curveball, man. Well, I guess you got thrown a little curveball too. A little bit. How, how have you kind of shifted now? Cause you said you took a pivot point. Yeah. Um, it was, it was a little difficult at first, but I knew for my business that I wanted to, to have a good online presence and an online platform that I could use. So, um, I pretty much just said like, this is, this is what I have to do now. And it's time to go full into that. So rather than looking at this as, as a distraction or as something that has happened to me, that's, that's ruined what I had. I just shifted that to think this is an opportunity to go where I wanted to go anyways. And now I can do it sooner. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So it kind of just worked as a good segue for you anyways. Exactly. That's, that's what I'm hoping for. That's the plan, right? Um, it, it's still taking work because now I've got a, a, I'm fully starting a new business, really. Like I, I had no, I had no clients in that area. Um, it, it was a full shift in my business plan, which really the, the hardest part was taking a step back and recognizing that this, 
this business model I'm using right now isn't going to work. And I could make some of it work. I could make some money. I could, I could train people maybe outside or something like that. Like I could train people via, via webcam, stuff like that. But really I, I was trying to look at like, what's the, the best long-term strategy? What, what is it that I can do to add value to people? The most value I can add to people in the long term. What, what is that going to look like for me? Am I going to be happy doing that? Like, I, I don't really like uh, being on the phone with people too much, you know, like, I like this, I like talking to you. But I couldn't sit here and talk to people for six hours. Yeah, right. Like that. If I'm not one on one getting up moving around stuff like that, like, I couldn't imagine the, the, the lifestyle of people who are going to be doing zoom call training with clients for five or six plus hours a day that would drive me insane. Right. Yeah. So I had to, I had to really like look at it and say like, like, what is, what is the end result going to look like if I do this and what do I want it to look like? And then kind of started to reverse engineer that a little bit. So what is it looking like? Um, you know, it's, it's looking like online, online training. I've got an app that I'm working with. Um, really trying to like leverage what's already there. Uh, there's, there's a lot of companies that are doing things to empower people, right? 60 years ago, you needed, you needed tons of money, tons of land, tons of people to start a business. Now you've got, I've got a factory. I'm talking to you with my factory right now, an iPhone or whatever. Anyone can, can be empowered with the technology that we have. So I'm, I've basically started looking at what are the third party entities that I can utilize that I can better serve my clients. So I, I'm working with an app that uh, organizes things really well. I've uploaded my own videos to it so I can really uh, communicate better with my clients, stuff like that. Um, and that's, that's the direction that business is going right now. Just kind of building like a, a routine for them, but then having like videos to demonstrate it, what could be going wrong, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and with that, I've got, I've got custom programs and stuff that I'm working with a few clients with. Uh, again, I can't take on too many clients. Uh, I know a lot of people will, will do that. They'll just take on a, a whole mess of clients and then be all over the place and not serve them. So I'm, I'm, kind of kind of setting it up as just a couple clients each week so that I'm not I'm not taking on six seven clients and all of a sudden I, I give them shit service right I, I can't do that I want to make sure that everyone's onboarded well everybody understands uh, what the expectation is and and I can understand them as well yeah that makes sense well and if you keep it at a smaller scale like that then you can give them obviously obviously like you're saying like the best value possible if you take on yeah exactly and until i until at least i have the the practice to know that i can do more fair enough man mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what made you want to be a personal trainer in the first place um honestly uh, i've i've always had a passion for the exercise and movement side the training side um for me i didn't move well growing up i was an athlete like a good athlete really uh, any any sports that I tried, any coordination stuff that I tried, I was good at. Um, but that was because I practiced a ton. Like my brother and sister, both older than me, they would go and play sports. 
and I would just be on the side practicing all the time. So I was practicing probably seven days a week of some sort, just having fun with it. Um, but throughout my life, I had, I had coaches who really impacted me. Some people have teachers who impact them. Some people have, have their parents as, as a big influence. My parents were a huge influence on me big time. But the, the biggest impact I think that people had on me in like specific instances were coaches. It was just, just one thing here or there I know can really uh, just, just a line, just a sentence, just a little bit of enthusiasm or uh, a positive reinforcement to a kid can make a world of difference in how they see things, how they act, what they pursue. So I knew that like coaching in general, whether it's sports or whether it's personal training or whatever, it puts you in a position to make that impact in other people's lives. And that's something that I got to experience and, and I definitely have a passion for and would like to uh, pass on to other people and have that impact on their lives. Nice, man. Who do you think gave you like the biggest impact you, you'd say out of all the coaches? Uh, the biggest impact I would say uh, would be, would be my parents. Definitely. Uh, yeah. My dad uh, had just an awful childhood, really. Like, uh, I, I remember growing up and hearing stories about, about the things that he went through, through foster care, through adoption, through a whole pile of stuff. Um, his parents gave him up right, right after birth, basically. Uh, and just like hear, hearing the things that he went through and uh, like, you'll watch on Netflix, there's a ton of, a ton of things right now on like, murderers and drug addicts and stuff like that and and it's funny because the way that they portray people in a lot of these cases it makes you feel for them right yeah. it's like oh wow this guy got abused from the time he was two years old to whatever it makes sense that this guy was a murderer right like, yeah. like you you can you can start to see how the the relationship and how their upbringing affected them mm -hmm. and there's a million reasons why like hearing, hearing the stories that I heard of my dad's upbringing, there's a million reasons why he could have used any of those and just been an asshole, right? Sorry, I don't know if I can swear on here. No, say whatever you want, <laughs> say whatever you want. Dude. But there's a, there's a million reasons why he could have been that way, right? Yeah. And, and, to have, and to have settled settled down, and I know my mom made a huge impact on his life in, in terms of settling him down and really like, buying a house and saving money and raising three kids and and taking us to sports and providing opportunities and stuff like that they made so many sacrifices there um but they they really instilled in us like a, a good work ethic and to treat people how you wanted to be treated um and then and then with that i was able to i was able to have certain coaches definitely a few of them um that really helped to instill that throughout throughout my life as well that like hey you know if you if you work really hard you're you're talented but if you work really hard you can do those things you want to do you know you could go and play college baseball for sure if you work hard right like they they instilled in me the right growth mindset that what i put my mind to what i put effort into and focus into i can do nice man no. Yeah. When you when you were a college baseball player, what was like the biggest struggle that you had going on there? Um, honestly, I didn't know it at the time. 
uh, but definitely uh, a sense of, of not being worthy, not being good enough, um, I think was definitely the biggest struggle. Uh, I, I always wanted to be like an impact player. I didn't want to just be, you know, if, if you've got a team average of 275 and you're hitting 250, like you're bringing the average down. You're, br you're bringing that team down. Even if you're the best person for that position, the average of the team is being brought down by you. Right. Yeah. And, and it's a very individual game in a team atmosphere. So anything that I do, like if I'm fielding a ball, it's because a ball was hit to me. It wasn't hit to someone else and, and I was able to affect it, right? Like if it comes to me, it's me. And offensively, it's, it's the pitcher versus the hitter. And no one else has any influence into that. It's, it's just pitcher versus hitter. So uh, it was uh, – what was the question again? <laughs> like, the, like the biggest struggle that you went through going through like your college baseball career. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think definitely that, that sense of like not, not being good enough. There's a, there's a big, especially in the baseball uh, season, we play from like mid to late February to like May and usually like end of April, start of May too. It's, it's really short. Uh, so there's a long off season where you get to train and stuff like that. And uh, for me, I was just, I was just a workhorse. I, I had really big goals. Uh, I was by no means a draft prospect in any, in any sense. Like if you look at tools, if you look at, uh, uh, talent and skills, I wasn't the fastest. I wasn't the strongest. I didn't hit the hardest. I didn't throw hard. Like nothing stands out as like, let's sign this guy but I had it in my head. I'm going to get drafted. I want to get drafted. And that was the standard that I set for myself. So if one player on my team was better than me, like, I'm like, I want to be better than him. And like, I would just pick one or two or three people on my team, like the best defensive guy, the best offensive guy, the best base runner or whatever. And I'd be like, I want to be better than them in those things. And even though those is a really, really good strategy to get better, uh, mentally and confidence wise, I definitely struggled. So, uh, I think that was, that was definitely the hardest part is trying to find a balance there between pursuing big goals and feeling worthy of those big goals. Uh, I, I think that was definitely it. Yeah. Like hunger versus humility almost. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Nice man. And so how did you kind of overcome that? Was it during the career or it sounds like maybe after it or? Um, I think, I think through the years of just, just putting in outrageous amounts of work, like I would, I would schedule my classes and I would schedule my homework and I would schedule everything around baseball and around training. So I didn't want to show up to one o'clock practice at 1255 like everyone else or 1250 and get my shit on and go. Like I would show up at like 1130 and I'd get my shit on and I'd warm up and then I'd hit for an hour and then I'd eat before we could go to practice because I knew there was going to be a three hour gap of practicing where shit, I need to eat before this. Right. So I would go and I'd usually get in an hour of practice with 10 times the reps of anyone else before practice started. So like that, that sweat equity really started to work in and I could, 
I started having more success on the things that I'd worked on for two, three years, right? Like it did take a lot of time before I started seeing the results of that and being like, Hey, you know what? Like I am a better hitter now than I was two years ago. I can do this and I can see this and you know, the, those top pitchers, I can hit those guys. So as my, as my confidence went up, as my skill set went up, I started to feel more, uh, more worthy of performing well and more worthy of getting the, the titles and the, the looks and stuff like that, that I was hoping to get. Right. So mm-hmm. it kind of, it hurt in the beginning. And then once you kind of let that fuel you towards achieving those goals, then you felt a lot more confidence afterwards. You're like, okay, now I can achieve more goals. Like I just saw myself progress so much more. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really believe that uh, fear and doubt, uh, they're linked to indecision. So I would, I would think like, oh, like what if, what if I don't make the team? What if I don't make the starting lineup? What if this happens? Or what if that happens? Or it like the, the worst time was when I wasn't practicing. Because, you know, like I, I, didn't, I didn't like half the work more than half the work that I was doing in school. I, I liked specific classes that I could relate to what I wanted to do. Everything else, which like in university, 70% of the courses don't relate to what you want to do. They just say, you need to take this. You need these electives. You need this prerequisite. And I'm like, okay, like, yeah, I, I need this information, but I just didn't care about it, right? And now yeah, I'm actually like- finding... There was no like practical use for it, right? Like nothing for you yeah. to do with. Yeah, like like really there's there's some interesting things to learn in sociology. There's some some effects that it has on on like certain actions have on society and how people react in society to what you're doing, right? Like there there's really good information out there in courses, but I just didn't give a shit about it. I didn't care. It didn't matter to me. It didn't affect my life. Like if if it doesn't affect me, getting drafted or it didn't affect me uh, providing better information to future athletes that I could train, then it didn't, it didn't matter to me. And like, I saw it as either option a, I'm going to get drafted and play for like, I don't know if you know, but in the minor leagues, you make nothing, you make shit money. You're not doing well in the minors. Right. So if I was to get drafted, I would have gotten drafted in a really high round in terms of like, like, later round not not one or two (laughs) i would have gotten basically no money because i was an old senior who hopefully was just gonna have good stats uh and and if i was to get drafted i wouldn't be making good money so i was gonna be doing personal training or something like that on the side anyways so i was like okay it's either got to relate to me playing baseball or me training people and if i didn't see a direct correlation i didn't care about it it was it was very hard for me to put in the time and effort to even pass those classes. Like I just I didn't care about it. So I had to schedule things in. I really had to say, like, this isn't gonna get four, five, six hours a week. This is gonna get like an hour a week. And then before my exam, when I've got a week before my exam, I've got to binge study these days and get that shit done like I just I wasn't willing to put in that time for those um yeah (laughs) 
I feel you, man. That's kind of how I felt like with everything in school. I would, if I couldn't find like a direct way that it could help me out in real life, then I'd be mm-hmm. like, I, why am I doing this? Like, why am I, yeah. what is, what's the purpose of doing this? I didn't get it, man. Mm-hmm. How about now? What are we doing now? What's like a day in the life during quarantine? Uh, well, now I'm, I'm really trying to just structure my days. Um, each day is a little bit different because I've got, I've got different things to do, right? Um, the big things for me is trying to create structure that, that creates healthy, a healthy environment, healthy habits, and, and is good for me. So uh, I know like I was, I was struggling last week, a little bit the week before, uh, just kind of like falling into a slump, like not not being productive. Even if I wrote out a big plan of things to do, I wasn't productive. It's just, you know, you get caught up, you watch some news story or something like that. It's just, I don't know, I was, I was really struggling there. So a couple of big things for me now is I'm, I'm working to really protect my mind. Uh, you know, I, the input that you take in triggers your thoughts and your thoughts trigger your attitudes right? Your attitudes become your temperament. And I like last week, the week before the input I was taking in was negative. Like I think it is for 99% of people right now. The, the, if the input you take in is mostly negative, you have no choice but to have negative thoughts. And then those became, became negative attitudes. And I, I'd, I'd feel a little bit of doubt and fear. And like, I'm not a fearful person. I, I, I do pretty well with risk and with stress and stuff like that. But I could feel that like I was being brought down by my own energy level. And then when you're, when you're down like that and you're on yourself, I I wasn't taking action. I was having like indecision. I was sitting there and just continuing on whatever I was doing. If you watch one video, you just watch a second video. You watch a third video, you get stuck in a loop. Oh yeah. Right. And, and then that becomes a habit. So like it, it went from, it went from one night to the next morning to most of the morning to the, again, that night to the next day, not being energetic. And then it just kept triggering. So now I'm, I'm getting back to habits that I've, I've practiced in the past and, and what I do when I, when I have good days, I, I know, cause I've, I've really structured my mornings well, a lot of the time. Um, but first thing now I don't touch my phone for the first hour to two hours that I get up I won't touch it it, it has it, usually I have it on airplane mode because I don't want to deal with it I don't want to see notifications I don't want to go on social media I don't want to do anything like that um, and then from there I'll, I'll read a little bit something positive uh, something that like helps leadership or something like that um, and then some physical activity so I'll either run or stretch or I'll do something that will increase my, my heart rate is number one, got to increase your heart rate, increase blood flow, and then move in a full range of motion. Because I know that those things stimulate your mind, they stimulate your brain, they, they trigger neurogenesis, which builds, it, it, it's like the, it's the building blocks of your brain, right? It, it's going to develop new habits, it's going to develop new learning. Um, and then from there, I try and hop right into the most important tasks that I have. So if I need to build a program for someone, videos or something like that, then that's the first thing that I do right after it. Cause I know 
my energy is high, my just the hormones in my brain have been balanced, like that that's been proven. So I know that, and I'm just gonna hop right into the next thing that I really want to do. Um, and with that, I try and have a list of five things, three to five things that I really, really, really want to get done that day. Like the top things. If vacuuming doesn't make the list, you know, like even though I want my girlfriend to come home to a nice house and, and clean, like the reality is if I put that on a list and I, I prioritize vacuuming my house over doing something that's really going to be productive for my business, well, I'm not going to be productive on my business. And then, you know, sweet, you've got a good house, but you, you have, you have no money and you have no business. So, right. Um, I, I think the big things are just really creating the right habits and, and structuring my days with with work that, that I want to do and also trying to end my days from work at a certain time. Nice, man. I we We're pretty much following a really similar system, man, from the way that you describe your morning. I, yeah. uh, I, I try and follow like something really, really similar. What are you reading right now? Um, right now I'm reading, uh, the score takes care of itself. It's, um, where is it? Bill Walsh, Bill Walsh. Um, he was the legendary San Francisco 49ers head coach and, and GM. And it's basically about his, his standard of performance and his leadership through basically turning the 49ers from a two and 14 team, I think it was. Or, or four and twelve, something like that. They were awful. To two years later, a Super Bowl winning team, and then and then a powerhouse for the next two decades. Yeah, I actually I just heard about that book because they mention it in Atomic Habits, which is the mm -hmm. audio book I just started this morning. But nice, they mention nice. that book in in Atomic Habits. Look at that! It's all pointing that direction, huh? Yeah, dude, it's. I I have been doing so much more reading recently, especially because of like being at home all day. Yeah. And that's kind of like my, that's how I end my morning routine is to do like at least 20 minutes of reading, just like sit down. Cause I find it really difficult to sit down for long periods of time, man. Mm -hmm. So I just set a timer and then I don't think about it. And I sit down and read the book and mm -hmm. dude, I feel so much better like feeling like just being able to sit down for 20 minutes and be still. Yeah. It's like huge, man. Yeah. Huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. And meditation is a big one too. I, I try to, I try to meditate every day. Um, but some days it just kind of gets away from me, you know? Um, and those days are, it, it's funny. Cause like you think, Oh, like I don't want to take 10 or 15 minutes and go and do that. Cause it's just a, you think it's going to be a waste of 10 or 15 minutes or something like that. Cause you have something of, of more urgency right beside you. But man, every time I do, I'm way more productive right after it. Way more every single time. And, and reading, like I was never a big reader. I, I cannot tell you one book, not one single book I read cover to cover through my entire years of school, not one book which is like kind of sad to admit, but it's the reality, right? Like Dude, I'm I, the exact same. I'm literally mm -hmm. the exact same. Yeah. Like it's, if, if you don't like reading, like, like that's one of my best examples, honestly, of uh, a growth mindset or a fixed mindset. Like I learned early on 
that if I practiced a sport more than my brother, I would get closer to beating him, right? Like I was three years younger than him, but if I practiced, I could see that, hey, you know what? He beat me in 21 by however many points. And now this time I'm closer. You know, he was just, he was probably just like, oh, I beat him again, beat him again, beat him again. I'm like, I'm getting there. I'm getting better. Right. So like I had this growth mindset around sports and around exercise and, and all, all these things that I ended up being really good at. But I got into like kindergarten and I remember having two friends who could read, like read, read. They're like fluently reading out loud. I remember this memory. Probably one of my only memories from kindergarten is one of my friends reading to me and being like, holy fuck, this guy can read. You know? <laughs> and it was the most mind blowing thing. And then we got into like silent reading and like, like all through elementary school. And I just like, I had this, this lack of confidence in it that like, well, if I just read three pages in this time or two pages in this time and other people read 10 pages, like I'm going to look dumb. So what did I do? I just stared at pages and just flipped them. I didn't read at all. So like 10, 15 minutes of reading every single day for four or five years, other people were doing this and I was not doing it. So I just told myself, I suck at reading. I suck at reading. I'm not a good reader. Like I told myself that over and over and over again. And then if you read with someone, next thing you know, they're done reading and they're staring at you like, are, are you done yet? Like, man, I remember that happening all the time. Just, oh yeah, 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 I'm done. I'm done. For sure. Yeah, of course I'm done. Like, no, I've read fucking a quarter of it, man. How are you done right now? Like, that was what I thought. So now like doing 15, 20 minutes of reading is a huge win for me. And like, it, it builds your confidence and you get better at it. And you, you subject yourself to information that you want to learn that you know is positive that like people have put years and years and years of thinking into. Yeah, man. And uh, yeah, for me, it's more of like the discipline thing. Cause I was just like you, man, I wouldn't read it all during school. There was no chance. Like there was yeah. no chance, especially yeah. I never found anything that interested me. Right. It was just yeah. like super boring all the time for me. And I wasn't faster. I'm still not fast. That's why I mm. say I do like 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes, and just do as much as I possibly can. If I try and read a whole chapter or a book that doesn't have like chapters in it, I'm screwed. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm screwed, yeah. man. I got to do 20 minutes hard every morning and then just yeah. bookmark it every time wherever I'm at. Yeah, agreed. You know, top of top of a new page, bottom of a page, there's a break here. Like, that's where I'm ending. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. That's the only way I can stick to it. That's the only way I can. Yeah, it's good, man. It's, it's good that, that you're reading. Like, and I think like, I think something for like guys like us, like we like practical things that we can apply. Like, I don't know about you, but I was never assigned a nonfiction book to read. Like, if I was given Think and Grow Rich when I was 12 years old, I probably would have read it. But given like some storybook about something that clearly didn't happen in a city that I don't live in, that doesn't apply to my life. Like, man, they, that's why they make movies. Like, that's what I thought. Like, this, yeah. is, this is useless. Yeah. Yeah. If, like, if it was a story, that's what I would usually think. It's like, I could just watch a movie if I wanted to know a story. Like, 
Yeah. There was no yeah. point to read it. I like reading nonfiction. I don't know if I would read Think and Grow Rich if I was like 12, though. <laughs> yeah, just, no, like, that'd, be, that'd be a weird one. But I was, I was in, I've always been interested in success, right? Yeah, like, I if, wasn't if interested I could, in money till I lost a lot of money. And then I was pissed oh. off and I didn't want to lose money anymore. So yeah. I started reading about it, right? Yeah, that's fair. I, I, feel like, I feel like Think and Grow Rich isn't even about money. I feel like it's about goals. Like, yeah, I haven't read it yet. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Think and Grow Rich, like the, one of the very first things, and, and I think it's kind of funny that um, most people, in, and like I've talked to people who have read Think and Grow Rich and think it's all about money. And they're like, oh yeah, like I'm not really, I'm not really money motivated. I'm like, then you haven't read it because one of the first things it does is talk about the 12 riches and the last one is money, right? If you're living a life that's full of money, but you have a negative attitude and you have, no good relationships and and you're you know you don't have confidence and and stuff like that like self-doubt that's not a rich life it's just not right if if you're rich in your relationships and your health and your happiness and and everything else then you can have a rich life with or without money right like that's the big thing that i got from it is how to set your goals and design the life that you want to live and then go after it but like, if, if you don't have a desire, that's the first thing. Step one is, is the desire. And that was something that I was lucky that I had and I continue to have is I know what my desire is and I knew what my desire was growing up. So without even knowing any of these success principles, I practiced them because I had the desire and I worked on it, right? But now like I, I've studied the success principles and stuff and if I was given that kind of stuff earlier, I think I would have, I would have started reading. Yeah. Also, I highly recommend Think and Grow Rich. Yeah. It's got to be the next one on the list. Yeah. I'm going to have to get that one next, man. Yeah. Did you read it? Um, when did I read it? Um, I've read it. I think I've read it like three times now, uh, which is the only book I've read cover to cover more than one time. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. I, it, I've, I've always listened to a lot of, a lot of speakers like, like Bob Proctor, Jim Rohn, uh, Les Brown. Like I've, I've listened to a lot of motivational speakers and the man think and grow rich comes up all the time is definitely the most, the most referred book that I've heard from successful people. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard a lot about it. I, I was recommended that one and atomic habits like yeah. a million times so i ended up just grabbing atomic habits on uh on audible this morning yeah nice and uh just started getting through it it's pretty good so far i got like 40 minutes into it yeah drink I that one soon man. yeah dude it's pretty good it's pretty good and um and that's where they mentioned the book the squirrel settle itself and mm. it's yeah, basically yeah. just talking about uh when they referenced it they're basically talking about the difference between like a goal and a system so mm -hmm. like the goal would be like the outcome but the system is what gets you there yeah so that's why they reference that book i'm assuming it covers topics like that oh yeah big time big time because he, he was one of the most successful coaches of all time really and he he doesn't he doesn't talk about the score you know he doesn't he doesn't go and say like hey today we've got to really focus on winning the super bowl at practice right it was like perform with excellence in your job all the way through every single person. If you're, 
if you're the running back, you've got a job to do. If you're an offensive lineman, you got a job to do. If you're the secretary in the office, you've got a job to do. So like everyone should do their job with excellence. And if everyone does their job with excellence in their field of what their responsibilities are, the score takes care of itself. Right. That's, this is a big thing I've gotten so far. And I, I'm really excited to continue reading. There's obviously a lot more in, into his philosophy and his, his leadership uh, skills and stuff as well. Nice, man. And so with, uh, with what's going on right now with your business and with quarantine and everything like that, how is that kind of impacting your life? Like, has it changed drastically, like what you're doing? Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit more of an extrovert than I've been lately. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I like to be with people, right? I like to converse with people. And uh, it's, it's been really weird being away from people so much. Uh, so, so I think that's, that's the biggest change. Um, and, and that's really what I've struggled with. I, I know we were talking the other day, like having that change and, and really like, it, it's a similar thing to when, to when I finished baseball. And I know a lot of athletes can relate to this, but when you finish your sport, when you run out of your eligibility or you retire or whatever it is, there's a sense of, of like being lost. There's a sense of like losing your own identity. And I definitely felt that and, and continue to feel that a little bit right now um, because the, the identity of being the active, happy person in the gym that I, I, can, I can train people, I can, I can communicate with them and stuff, that identity is no longer here. So I have that sense of like bit of a lost identity, but I know that like for me, I, I now I've, I've learned enough to know like, I am not, I am not that identity. I am me. And that's just how my life was, right? I can still be an uplifting person. I can still make an impact in people's lives and I can still pursue what I want to pursue. It's just, these are the circumstances now, right? I can't, I can't pursue training people in person each day. I can't, I can't pursue helping people in that way but I can, I can provide them with plans and I can provide them with support at a distance. I can talk to them like we're doing right now. And, uh, it, I think like accepting that and, and changing, changing my perspective from what was to what is right now. Like I can't control half this stuff, but what I can control, I'm going to take and I'm going to jump on that opportunity and I'm going to utilize that. Um, it has been, really beneficial for me and for me it's it's been really good that I have I have people I have mentors in my life that I can reach out to and I can I can talk to and bounce ideas off of and I know that they're I know that they're vested in my own success you know they're they don't have they don't have things that you know it's it's if something is not beneficial to me it's not going to be beneficial to them right it's, it's they don't want anything negative in my life so be, having those kind of people that you can talk to that you can bounce stuff off of, I think is, is a super important asset to have in your life. Yeah. Like a support group of mentors for sure. Yeah. And, and with that, like, I think, I think a lot of people like hear mentors and stuff like that and they, they put some, some connotations to it and stuff like that as well. Like they, they just have 
predetermined thoughts on it. I think anyone who is doing well in something that you want can be a mentor to you in that field. You know, if you've got people who are consistently happy in a relationship and you're struggling in yours, or you just, even if you're doing well in yours, you know, like if you've got people who have a really healthy, happy relationship, those people could mentor you a little bit in those relationships. Yeah. You know, just asking them what they do and how they've had success and stuff like, like you're doing right now, just finding things that people are, are good at and talking to them about it. And when you, when you have those conversations and when you have people that you can bounce that stuff off of, you learn good information. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think a lot of people don't like, like they want, they want one person to be their mentor in everything. Right. I love my parents more than anything, but they're not going to mentor me to run my own business. Neither of them have. They've both been employees for 30 years. Mm -hmm. Right. So I love them so much and I'm super grateful for everything they've done, everything they've taught me. They're, they're knowledgeable in some fields and, and I would love to take their advice in a lot of things. But when it comes to my business, I don't take their advice because they're not the people that would get me where I want to go in that field. Right. I think so many people take, they take uh, advice from people in ways that they don't, they're not credible. Right. If I, if I ask a friend what they think about, about what I'm doing and they've never had any success in it and they don't plan on doing it, they're the wrong person to ask. Yeah. Right. Have you had, have you had that kind of stuff go on in the past where like people are just always trying to tell you about your business, what you should be doing? Um, not, not, not really what, what I should be doing, but, um, definitely like a lack of support. Definitely. Um, <clears throat> I know like starting my own business, uh, I, like when I was working at Steve Nash, I had been approached by a ton of people that I knew about uh, training programs or advice or whatever. And the reality is Steve Nash charged a fortune. So like, I didn't want to train them there. I didn't want them to spend all their money getting training there as well as they didn't want to do that themselves. Right. So, uh, it was, it was kind of like, well, I, I do want to help you, but I'm not in a position to do it yet. So when I started my own business, I literally would offer people who had reached out in the past, like basically like free training. Like, let, let me, let me send you this program. And all I want is some feedback, you know, or even like starting my Instagram page years ago, I remember just getting friends, just chirping me for it. Oh yeah. Yorko's got a fitness account, blah, 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 blah. And like, that's just, that's just how my friends were. Like we would chirp each other a little bit. Right. But what people don't realize is when you're going out of your comfort zone, when you're doing something new, it's fearful. It's, it's scary, right? Like you want approval and yeah, those man. little, those little jabs do hurt. They suck. Right. And, and it's something that you just have to get over. And, and obviously now I've gotten over that. Like I can post whatever I want and I'm not scared of someone's reaction because it's not them. It's me. Right. But that was definitely something I struggled with at first was the rejection of, of people close to me, even if it wasn't even a rejection, right? Just like, just a comment here or there. And it was something I had to get past and just be like, you know what? Like they don't have the vision that I have.
they don't they don't see where I'm going and they don't want to go where I'm going. So I didn't have the uh, I didn't have the mental capacity at that at that point in time to say their opinion does not matter in this case. <laughs> where now is that's just the reality. It is if if someone wants to give me their advice on my business, I I'm happy to hear it. I'm happy to hear any any thoughts or opinions people have, um, but it doesn't necessarily affect how I see it. I've got I've got a pretty clear vision of what I want, and if if someone else's opinion can help me with it, I, man, I would love to hear it. But if their opinion takes me in a different direction, or they see something differently, and it, they see something negative or whatever, like it it really depends on who they are and what what they have to say, but. I'm I'm happy now to hear all aspects and take what's useful and just kind of discard the rest. Nice man. Do you still get your buddies chirp you and stuff like that? Of course. But now it's <laughs> now it's all good fun cuz cuz now they've seen that that I've had success, you know? Now they've seen that like I am credible in what I do. And so now if there is chirping, which there usually isn't, um now now like there's there's usually more questions than chirping. There's usually more. Hey Yorko, can I uh, can I ask you this or you know like that's more of what I get now than than any chirping on it. Nice man. And so yeah. what's like the next step for you then? What are you gonna do next? Um, scale. That's it. I wanna once I've uh, once I've got everything systematized and and the big thing is like trying to trying to create a system which which can really put across the things that I need to communicate to clients, um, like help, helping them get started and helping them understand like what is a win for them may, may not be a win for me in my life, but what's a win for them is a win for them. And what's, what's, a, what's a win for someone else may not, may not be a win for them, right? Like, in your training, you have to really think of what your overall goal is and what progress looks like and, and how long you have to, to achieve that goal. Right. Um, I'm a big believer in the, in the long game. So I want to live to be 120. So if I'm going out and smoking cigarettes right now, that's not, that's not conducive to my, to my goals. Right. Um, but if I'm out there and I'm, I'm trying to push the heaviest weights possible, and I'm just kind of throwing form out the window. Like, that doesn't help me either. Even yeah. if I got strong, I would hurt myself and I wouldn't be able to go to the long game. So uh, understanding the, the long and short term goals and, and what it's going to take to get there is something that I've really got to uh, create a better system around for my business so that at a distance, I can still communicate that stuff with people. Um, but then I, I would really like to to scale that and get some trainers who can also utilize that system to provide much better resources to their clients and better service to their clients and, and really make a bigger impact overall. Yeah. What's like the biggest struggle you find getting like uh, your business onto an online platform? Like what's the biggest challenge um, you have between like, is it like between you and client or you and the platform? I think between me and technology, honestly, I, I don't like spending much time on it. I, I've really like tried to limit it, especially in the past year. 
is like I'm only on my computer to create programs or respond to some emails and then I'm off my computer. I don't want anything to do with it. I don't like browsing my phone. I don't like I don't like spending time on technology and now my business is going all on technology. So when I when I do go on it, you know, it's easy to be distracted. All of a sudden a notification pops up. You click on that notification then you get distracted for 2 hours. And I, it's just, it's really easy to do that. You know, it's not like it's hard to stay focused for half an hour, but it's easy to not stay focused. It's easy to get distracted if you're not diligent. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's it is, is just trying to, uh, trying to restructure myself to stay focused and, and put in the work online and, and on, on my computer and stuff that I need to. Yeah. Well, I'm sure a lot of people are moving on to more of like a, you know, working from home, working on their computers, not having yep. someone looking over their shoulder. What do yep. you, what are you kind of doing right now to, to keep yourself focused? Man, time blocking. Time blocking yeah. is huge, 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 huge. If, if I've got four hours to do something, it'll take me four hours to do it. If I've got 45 minutes to do something, it'll take me 45 minutes to do it. So if, if I need to get stuff done at home, which we all need to do now, uh, you could probably put out 45 minutes to go and, and get done literally like the first morning of your day. I'll challenge, I'll challenge people, plan out the activities of your day, give yourself 45 minutes to an hour and a half to do it. You'll probably get most of it done and then be able to relax a little bit more. Yeah. Right. If, uh, and then if you don't time block, Next thing you know, you're you're putting in work until five, six, seven, eight o'clock at night, and you don't feel accomplished because all of a sudden it took you eight hours to do what should have taken you forty-five minutes. That's kidding, man. that's what I was really starting to fall into a few weeks ago. Is just you know you're not productive, so then you get down on yourself and you do something else and you browse and you watch some negative stuff, and then next thing you know, it's been six hours and you haven't done anything. Yeah. What kind of consumes a lot of your energy the easiest? Is it like videos? Is it more like shopping online or looking at different videos, articles? Videos, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, I really do like uh, watching videos. Um, it's, it's definitely the easiest thing <laughs> to do. Easiest way to take in information. Right. Um, but then again, like I don't want to watch the news. I'd rather read the news um, because you, you don't get as emotionally affected when you have audio and visual and, and you're, you're watching it, you're seeing people and stuff like that. It triggers way more emotional effect to you than if you read something, if you read something, you can be a part of it or apart from it, right? You can, you can read the news and say, okay, here are the facts. Cool. I've got it done. But if you watch the news, your brain doesn't say they're the facts. It says like deep inside, hey, this is what's going on. This is how you should feel. Next thing you know, you, you feel doubt and you feel stuck and you feel like the world is totally changing. You know, you feel like there's a pandemic, which yeah. like the reality is I'm just sitting at home on a Tuesday having a good conversation with a good friend of mine. There's yeah. no reason for me to be in a negative mood right now. This is the dream. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no kidding. Right? Yeah. For us, for sure, man. 
Yeah. Absolutely, dude. I completely agree. I've literally, I've never heard someone explain the difference between reading the news and watching the news. I'm, yeah, man. If you want to, if you want to take in anything that you think might be construed as negative, read it. Don't, don't watch it. Don't watch it. It'll, it'll affect you more. Yeah. Well, and on like an emotional level, which is something that you don't really want. So you want to be able to just like take in the, like you said, take in the facts and be able mm-hmm. to make your own decisions based off of that, man. Yeah. hundred percent. If it's, if it's not something you want, you got to protect yourself from it. Like that input, right? The input is going to trigger what is eventually your character. So you taking in, you reading every morning and listening to audiobooks and stuff, that's triggering your thought process, right? And that's triggering your attitudes. And your attitudes trigger your habits or your actions. Your actions trigger your habits. That becomes your temperament and it becomes your character. So when, when people are uh, like stuck or, or you don't like where you're at or anything like that, you really got to think like, what kind of person do I really want to be? right? If, if I want to be an active outgoing person, if I want to be happy, if I want to be upbeat, I have to start designing my input to be that way. And when you design your input to be that way, when you read atomic habits, and when you read for 15 minutes every morning, next thing you know, your attitude changes, and then your actions, they, they reflect your attitude. Right. And you do that long enough, all of a sudden you've got good habits and you've got a good attitude and you, you're building the character that you had just designed. And if we don't, if we don't see that character first, if we don't see the person we want to be, then you just take in anything. And next thing you know, you take in negative information, you, you take in the news and you take in other stuff and then it triggers fear and it triggers doubt and you get on yourself and then you don't do anything. And then those actions trigger the same responses and you get this feedback loop loop of negativity. Yeah. hundred percent, right? man. I've, I've actually, I've always, uh, I've liked the model of, you know, picking somebody that you want to be and then deconstructing it from there. I've never mm-hmm. heard it refre- like referenced to with uh, the inputs that you put into yourself like news yeah. and stuff like that. I've always heard about it in the sense of like outputs, you know, you take away like, Oh, I want to be a confident person say that radiates like positive energy and helps people out. And then you deconstruct. Okay. Well, what do I need to output to do those mm-hmm. things? You never think about mm-hmm. it. Okay. What do I need to input into myself? Yeah. It's the same thing with working out, right? Everyone thinks like, Oh, well, if I want to be, if I want to be strong and I want to be this and that, like I've got to work, I've got to, what's my output got to be. Mm. The reality is 80% of your results are going to come from your input. Mm-hmm. Right. And that input, on aesthetic level one well, performance yeah. as well. Right. Yeah. Like, well, maybe not 80%, but a lot of it is going to come from your input. Right. And, and that input triggers how well you can output because whether it's, whether it's information or whether it's food, if you're taking in good nutrients, you can output with maximum effort. But if you're, if you're taking in crap, next thing you know, you've got aches and pains, right? It's the same thing. If you're taking in, if you're taking in preservatives and pesticides and, and stuff like that, and, and all these boxed and canned things and, and things that are on shelves forever, your body doesn't respond well to them. Your energy goes down, your strength goes down, your, your, uh, your attitude goes down, you start having 
chemical imbalances and it leads to things like depression and anxiety, right? And it's the same thing with your input mentally. If you, if you mentally are inputting things and people don't realize it because it's subconscious, they haven't planned it, right? So if you start your day by getting up and just going on your phone and looking at the, the top three headlines, I'll bet you 99% if you go to like, if you go to Facebook or something like that and you click on a video, the first three videos are going to be negative. I almost promise you it, right? And, and I'm someone who watches positive stuff and I'll still get filtered negative shit, right? So yeah. it, you, you, if you don't think about it, you get filtered the negative. Our brains are designed to, to focus on risk or else we'll get eaten, you know, yeah. like, like thousands of years ago, if you didn't focus on risk, it's natural selection, you're dead. Yeah. And our brain, our brains are still designed that way. Right. So if you take in any risk, it amplifies it. So take in the positive and then you can, you can actually start to look at like, what, what's my attitude? What's my temperament that I want? What information will put me in that attitude and that temperament? Yeah. No kidding, man. I really like that, dude. That's going to be my, that's, that's my biggest takeaway from today. <laughs> Good. I'm glad I could help. I'm I like glad I could that add one, some value. Man. Let's, uh, we're coming up on like an hour here of recording. Um, mm -hmm. Let's throw it off. We'll, we'll plug your Instagram. It's at yourco.performance, just like your yep. shirt says. Yep. Okay. Yep. What else, where else can people see you? Uh, Facebook, uh, I've got a page also, Yorko Performance. Um, I'm, I'm working with a crew right now called The Fit Project. That's a, a group on Facebook just like a nonprofit trying to add value to you guys through, through health and fitness and stuff like that. Highly recommend what, uh, uh, following that. And then just, man, reach out, reach out on any platform. If you want, happy to help. Nice. So what kind of services can people reach out to you for right now? Say it's, um, COVID, it's COVID season. We're all locked in our houses. How can, how can you help me out coach? Well, honestly, the, the big thing right now, I'm, I'm building a program that's, posture related um I, I will and habit related just creating positive habits pretty much everything we we're talking about right now thing like designing the habits that you want to create the life that you want right uh designing good input and and a good morning routine is, is a big thing and then in the exercises in the program that I'm, I'm creating from home uh just exercises that'll put you in a good posture and and start relieving uh, start relieving chronic pain, right? Get your shoulders from here back to here, right? Stand. Yeah, I caught you. <laughs> uh, sit, sitting up tall, right? Like things that are going to start activating the right muscles. When we sit, our hip flexors get short, our glutes turn off, our back takes over, things like that. So uh, I'm really taking the effects of sitting and, and poor posture and stuff like that, the commonalities, and building a program to reverse all of that so that hopefully people who are sitting at home, who are watching videos and, and doing work and stuff like that, they can take half an hour, 45 minutes a day, and they can really start reversing the negative effects and start building on the positive. All right, man. I like it. So people can reach out to you. I'm going to throw all of your information in the description as well in this video. So don't worry about that. They'll be able to find you. People can reach out. But Tyler, I've uh, been doing this as well. I'm just going to leave you the last like two minutes to give like the most positive message you can right now to the world. 
All right, man. Well, on, honestly, to start off, man, I really appreciate what you're doing uh, to, to anyone who's, who's struggling or, or anything, really. Like, you've got something that you want to do, something that's pulling you. You've got a desire. You want to make an impact. Go and do it. Like, I know you were talking about stuff like this for a while. And, man, I really, really respect the fact that you're doing it. You're going for it. You're, you're pro providing the information that, that you want to provide to the audience that you know you can touch. And, and man, I, I really respect that. You're doing a great job. I just want to keep, keep at that. Like anyone who has those things, who, who knows what they want, who has an idea, like go and pursue that idea, especially right now, especially right now. Be smart. Like if your idea is in person, maybe it's not the time. <laughs> But man, leverage, leverage the internet, leverage this stuff, create a podcast, send some videos, make some videos, talk to people, right? Like this kind of stuff is what people need. And you're doing a fantastic job. I just wanted to thank you for, for what you're doing. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Thank you yeah. for thanking me, man. <laughs> no problem. My pleasure, man. All right. You got, you got anything else you need to share? Any shout outs you want to do? Uh, fuck, no, I, not that I can think of. <laughs> All right. I'm going to throw Anyone the recording who's helped off. me, appreciate you. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to throw the recording off. Thank you so much for your time, man. All right. Thank you. Thank you guys for watching.